it's just too many people nowadays are trying to go for that hack or that loophole where it's like, I want the dollar lead. I want the 50 cent lead. I don't care if the lead's $20 as long as they buy something. Welcome to Pencil Leadership. My name is Chris Anderson, success and lifestyle coach, and this show is to help you begin building a life of fulfillment and to leave a positive mark on the world. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Now take out your pencils and let's begin. Benjamin Franklin said, energy and persistence conquers all things. And Napoleon Hill said, patience, persistence, and perspiration make an unbeatable combination for success. We have David Schloss on the show. Who's, he's been an entrepreneur since 2007, uh, starting in his college apartment. His business now, Convert ROI, actually enables businesses to succeed by taking complicated social ad plans and turning them into an easy-to-follow revenue-producing campaign. So he manages over $2.5 million per month in paid advertising via Facebook and Instagram. Uh, and he's actually been rated one of the top experts to watch by Forbes magazine. We're super excited to have David on the show today to talk about the three P's of business longevity. So if you're feeling discouraged with the amount of time it's taking you to get your podcast, get your business up and running, this episode is for you. David brings a lot of good encouragement. And don't forget to share this episode with someone else and subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. Um, Before we kind of dive into those three P's of business longevity, uh, I would love to hear kind of a little bit about your story, whatever you feel. open to share about just to see how you've gotten to where you are today. Yeah, not a problem. So 2007, I was 18 years old uh, at the University of Florida. I basically was a freshman first semester. I'm like, okay, I'm out on my own. Got to figure something out. I'm partying way too much. And I need I need something to pay the bills here um, or the habits of partying way too much. So of course, I went down the rabbit hole of going onto Google and typing in how to make money online, which led to an entire night of just Google searching. And at the time, you know, I obviously should have been studying for tests and all the other stuff that was coming up. Nope. Nope. I was just studying how to make money online and everything that I would look at was, you know, paid blogging. And this is all the time. So keep that in mind. Yahoo PPC, AOL PPC, Bing wasn't around yet. It was MSN, uh, Google search ads, you know, AdWords wasn't even close to what it is today. Right. So YouTube ads didn't exist yet. It was basically just the main search networks, paid blogging or blogging in general, paid writing for major publications or social ads. And mm-hmm. at the time, social ads were so new because really the only networks that had social ads were MySpace and Facebook. You know, Twitter <laughs> came along, LinkedIn came along, YouTube came along, yeah. you know, but those were a year, maybe two or three years afterwards. So even up to about 2010, 2011, there were maybe four or five actual social networks with ads built in. So when I jumped in, Facebook's public forum for running ads just opened. And Hmm. I was 18. So I was like, wow, this is great. I'm already on Facebook. Everyone on here is college students for the most part or, you know, grad students. So basically the age range would go up to maybe, you know, high 20s, early 30s. And so it was exactly what you would see on the ad platform, 18 to 34. You know what I mean? It's like that's Mm -hmm. the age range of everyone on this platform right now. And all the ads were right-hand column, little banner ads, small banner ads, right-hand column. There was no feed. Instagram didn't exist. None of that stuff. So if you were running ads on there, I mean, you could spend five bucks and get tens of thousands of impressions because ad manager didn't really exist in the way it does now. Business manager didn't exist. Uh, All the different placement options didn't exist. So you basically were just blasting the whole network. 
And the only options you had to choose from were location, gender, and age, hmm. and maybe some language, right? And that was it. Yeah. You just put it out there and hope for the best. Now, the great part about that is there were no rules. I could have grabbed the link from ClickBank, threw it up there, five bucks, see what happens. <laughs> and quite a bit of people made some money. But it wasn't hyper-targeted to the point where I could say, are you a gym in Miami, Florida? Let's go ahead and promote this thing, right? It wasn't there yet. And so I still went along my normal track, you know, from 18 to 22. I went through my process of getting my degree. I didn't get it in the place where I started, like most people. Uh, and, and it took me in a different direction because I went from wanting to be in finance, an investment banker, to learning marketing on my own for hmm. four straight years. Never took a marketing course. I learned everything on my own, all the advertising on my own. And I ended up going into the tourism and hospitality space because I figure that that space will figure out how to use social ads to their advantage because what industry do people talk about all the time when it comes to what hotel should I stay at? What at Airbnb didn't exist, but where should I stay? Right. Yeah. Right? Those types of things. And it's all about communication and conversation. Social ads is what? Communication and conversation. So I was already connecting the dots before it became a thing. And so by the time I graduated in 2011, I already had four years of running ads on Facebook because I was running ads for local uh, businesses. Once they start opening up more localized stuff, I was running ads for lawyers, bike shops, realtors, you name it. Of course, it still was a wild west because it was still <laughs> difficult, but yeah. I still did it anyway while still also doing SEO, web design, web dev. I had to make money somehow. So I was right. doing any possible service I could or outsourcing it to some other agency and making a margin because I really wanted to figure out advertising because all the people I knew who were making money with ads were spending, you know, they were putting in a thousand and making four, putting in a thousand, making 10. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to figure it out one way or another. I just got to be patient. Right. And so by the time I graduated, they started to unleash the cool stuff that we all know now, but in its infancy, <laughs> right. Ad manager, was power editor at the time. They had far more features of targeting. Interests opened up. Behaviors opened up. Business manager didn't exist yet. They were still just mm. figuring things out. Then all of a sudden, what is Shopify? What is Teespring? What's T-Launch? What are all these Teespring-like marketplaces popping up? And what are these e-commerce platforms that people are now advertising on Facebook? You know, you have Magento and Shopify and WooCommerce and all these platforms. So I'm like, okay, there's more money's coming into the network. So that means a lot of things are going to happen now with people selling online. And lo and behold, from around 2010, 2011, I did have people asking me, Hey, can you run some ads to webinars with Facebook? Mm -hmm. I was like, probably could figure it out. And I did figure it out, but there weren't enough people asking for that yet. My right. breakthrough moment was in 2013 when I had month over month over month of people going, can you run ads for me on Facebook? Can you run ads for me for webinars? Can you run ads for me to generate phone calls? Which if you think about it now is what people ask for all the time. I was being asked of that seven to eight years ago. Wow. When no one really knew how to do it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I could, I could figure it out. I had no clue. I was figuring it out as I go, <laughs> but people were willing to pay a lot of money for someone to figure it out. And right. that was my breakthrough moment. I'm like, okay, I, I'm going to figure this out. This is all I do. It's all I want to do. And even though at the time I needed a part-time job just to put food on the table, all it took was one or two people that believed in me to figure this out. And I didn't have to have that job anymore. Mm -hmm. So, you know, 18 months of having that job, I figured out a system. Next thing you know, I quit that job and I'm running ads full time. So yeah, 
you could say I've done this for you know 14 years full time. In reality, I didn't go 100% in until around 2013 when I was able to fully disconnect from everybody that you know needed me to do other things. And I was like, nope, I'm only going to do Facebook ads. And then Instagram came along and then they bought WhatsApp and all these other things. So yeah. you have to think I went six to seven years of figuring it out. And then Facebook became Facebook. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then that's when the business really started to take off. Just seeing it progress, I'm sure was just crazy to just see everything happen, rolling out, all the changes. Ah, oh, I can't imagine now. I mean, now people complain about policy changes. I'm like, what policies? <laughs> Back then they didn't have policies. Yeah. When they added policies, that's when we all start freaking out. What is yeah. this? What do you mean I can't say money in an ad anymore? Oh, right. What do you what do you mean I can't say that this program can help you build your business in the next 30 days? Like all the things that you learn in direct response copywriting was thrown out the window, which mm. then meant that copywriters had to relearn how to write for ad networks that right. were, you know, social ad networks. And then, of course, as Facebook became more popular than Twitter ads and then YouTube ads and LinkedIn ads and Pinterest ads and all these things that came along the way, it became more of a cutthroat industry. Mm. All the ad platforms were, you know, trying to pry you away from whatever you were running. And then, of course, you also learned about being omnipresent and being everywhere. So naturally, as you are evolving, like I am with Facebook and Instagram, you know, you start dabbling with all these other networks. But I always came back to Facebook and Instagram, not just because I was there the longest. It was also because I just saw how people were interacting on the platform. If you take away all the political stuff in the last year, what you really see are people just communicating at a high level. They're talking yeah. all the time. You're in Messenger. You're in WhatsApp. You're in Oculus. You're, you're just doing things around people, two billion people, just constantly <laughs> communicating. Right. And all you're doing is throwing ads at them that interject in their conversation in hopes that it adds value. That's what you're doing. Yep. You talk about some product and I happen to be selling it. I'm going to throw it at you in the middle of your conversation and you're going to impulse buy it. That's the whole purpose of the network. So they make billions of dollars off people like me trying to interject in your conversations. <laughs> That's a good point. And you mentioned uh, just a little bit ago about the direct response ads and having to kind of change the wording on that. Mm -hmm. So is it still, do they still use direct response kind of advertisement or is it switched or is it just the wording? It's really just the verbiage you're using the okay. wording, uh, you know, direct response. You're still using 99% of the principles. The 1% that you're changing are certain terminology that they don't like on their platform. Okay. Or if you're in an industry that they don't like very much like dating, they don't like alcohol ads, you know, things of that okay. nature. Right. Yeah. So, Yep. That's where the change really took place. But if you look at the, the principles that you learn, the foundation of direct response, it's all there. And mm -hmm. that's the other thing. If you're going through ad courses and there's no foundation material that's worked for 10 years, you're looking at a hack or a strategy that has a short lifespan. Yeah. A lot of the stuff that I've taught now that I've done it for so long is such foundational pillar type content that it's still relevant from when I first created it seven, eight years ago. Gotcha. So, you know, if you can use the foundation stuff and, and just be knowledgeable of what a network is looking for, you can make that work on multiple networks. It's just too many people nowadays are trying to go for that hack or that loophole where it's like, I want the dollar lead. I want the 50 cent lead. I don't care if the lead's $20 as long as they buy something. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think that's where a lot of the networks now have changed because direct response for many of us has worked so well and we were able to say whatever we want. 
And then once someone put a little bit of a restriction on us, a lot of people panicked. Right. And yeah. so I think those that stuck around saw the panic more than once. Cause I, I swear every year I feel there's another set of panic and then it <laughs> goes away and I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm still here. Right. And it keeps happening. Yeah. And so if you can get through that, then naturally your business is going to grow. And that's why I keep seeing agencies like mine continue to evolve, but also people don't leave the network as much as you think they are. Mm. All, the, all the policies are changing. Well, that's why they come to me because I keep track of all the policies and right. you just give me what you need to get done and it gets done. Right. So yeah, you could, it, okay. it's just a part of the game. Yeah, for sure. And for those who don't know, do you have like a definition for direct response ads? Like what that kind of means? I mean, there's, there's a lot of definitions for that. But for, to yeah. me, direct response is more of just, I mean, it, it, the, the wording itself sort of gives it away. What you're doing is you are directly influencing people to buy into whatever it is that you're selling. So if you're mm -hmm. selling something around coaching, scaling a business, direct response is you saying like, buy this product and you're going to scale your business in X amount of time. That's direct response. It's like gotcha. getting very specific, but building curiosity and even scarcity into whatever it is you're selling. Okay. Facebook does not like someone being like, hey, if you don't buy this today. Yeah, this business could possibly fall apart. They don't. They don't like that. Right. Very direct response, right? I'm using scarcity. I'm using fear, right? There's there's emotion being evoked in what you're selling. They don't like that. They hmm. like generalized statements with no proof. Basically, it's like just huh. it can help you scale your business. A lot of people can help me with that, right? So you have to throw in something that can generate that curiosity without triggering Facebook thinking you're trying to elicit fear or doubt or some sort of emotion that could be negative. That's what they don't want gotcha. is negativity. Okay. And anyone who's run direct response advertising knows negativity and fear sells incredibly well. Yeah. So we can't do that anymore. Right. You know, and that's why those types of marketers and advertisers have moved to other networks hmm. where it's allowed, whereas people like me who don't need fear to sell something. Right. We just stayed. So, yeah. And it's just part of anything, I think, business or whatnot, adaptation. Yeah, like being able to pivot because right? mm -hmm. there's change. Change is inevitable. You can you can either kind of be scared of it or you can just kind of go flow and learn and, and adapt and change. So exactly, that's awesome. So with that, uh, obviously you've had longevity. I mean, since 2007, you've been kind of figuring this out, building this. To I mean, what an amazing business you have now. And so for those who might be starting or might be in the midst um, of getting started. Uh, I'm excited to dig into these three P's of business longevity. So I would love for you to kind of start with that if you would. Yeah. So the three P's, practice, patience, persistence. Hmm. If you think about that for a moment, you'll realize that I just mentioned all three indirectly in my story, mm -hmm. right? Yep. So let's first start with practice. Practice is essentially you doing repetition of whatever it is that you plan on doing for the long term over and over and over. In my case, it was social advertising. I wanted to run Facebook ads, Instagram ads. Even if Twitter became a huge thing, I was going to run Twitter ads. I was going to run Pinterest. I was going to run social advertising. And I continued to practice my craft in various industries, learning all sorts of different types of copywriting, creative. You could see like the spokes of it all would obviously evolve, right? Ads is one thing, but then there's also these other components that go into it. Mm -hmm. But it's consistently growing and evolving with those industries or platforms you're on and continuing to put out what it is you're learning through action, right? That's the practice. Right. Yep. right. So imagine, you know, I'm a big basketball fan. So the joke when Allen Iverson was in the NBA was he made a joke about practice. He's like, what's practice? You know, practice? 
we were talking about practice. Well, think about this. All the basketball players practice yep. constantly. Yep. They take tens of thousands of shots a season, and they've been doing this year over year over year. That's why they're the best in the world. Mm. That's why there's only several hundred people in the NBA at any given time, and there's all these thousands of people trying to get into the NBA because they're the elite ones who've done right. practice. So you got to think. You know, We talk about the 10,000 hours. Yep. Right? You talk about 10,000 hours in your industry. Yep. Imagine doing not just 10,000 hours of studying, but 10,000 hours of execution. Mm. Because I looked at it as I already did my 10,000 hours <laughs> of research yeah. way before the business worked. Right. I was in the, the, in the midst of platforms growing and figuring things out. And I went through hell in the beginning, but <laughs> I stayed with it. And while I was studying those things, I was running ads simultaneously. Yes, I lost money. Yes, I built my business on college loans. I don't recommend that, but I did. <laughs> right? I did all these things because I believed in what I was building. And it just so happened to be that it took six, seven years before it really popped. Mm. Nowadays, if you're putting in that amount of practice, you could build your business to six, seven figures in a year. I've seen it over and over. I've seen people that I've personally consulted who are 20 years old who've built bigger businesses than me because they figured out one thing that just exploded. All of a sudden, they're doing $1.5 million. I'm like, wow. why are you talking to me? Oh, <laughs> oh, because you've run ads for so long. You must know something I don't because mm. they also understand I've been doing this for so long. I could pinpoint things. Yeah. Of all the practice that I put in, all the you know studying and everything, and it sort of goes into patience. Right. Mm -hmm. Think about this 14th year in business. Six of those years, I barely made it work. Seven years, it's worked. Okay. Yep. How many people do you know would go six years making no money? Right. Then make money and go, I think I still love this thing. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Not many people go yeah. beyond even six months and go, I love this. No, you hate the struggle. Yeah. You love. The result, I you know, make people happy, make them money. I make money when they make money. You love that part. Yep. But what about the part where your ads don't work or someone tells you to record a course and you don't do it and then they don't want to talk to you anymore or you're trying to stand out in a Facebook group because everyone else there is, is experts and they've been doing this forever and no one wants to talk to you. Like there's all these things that come up oh, along yeah. the way. Yep. And there's also, let's not forget, fraud, the fraud syndrome that kicks in. I don't know if I'm good enough. The imposter, yep. right? Yep. I've only done this for a little bit. Who wants to talk to me? Who wants to listen to me? All these things come up over and over and over. And imagine doing that to yourself for six years. That's <laughs> what I was doing. Yep. And then finally, when things worked in year seven, I was actually loving everything. But I had to go through six years of just back and forth figuring it out. And that's the, well, essentially, not just the practice portion, but it's the patience. Right. It's not that I'm not doing the work to have a moment of breakout and all of a sudden make millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. There were plenty of times where I missed out on opportunities or I did things wrong that I saw someone else do and they made tons of money from it. But I wasn't discouraged. I kept going. Yeah. And so if you think about it, I'm patient in creating the result, but I'm also patient in understanding that my journey is not the same as everyone else's. Right. It's okay that the 21-year-old made more money than me. I don't care. I'm on my own path. I got my own family. I have my own stuff. Because at the end of the day, I'll, if, if I'm happy with what I've created, that's all I care about. Yeah. I know people who've made tens of millions of dollars were severely unhappy, right? But Definitely. they loved the journey, and mm -hmm. now their journey's not there anymore because everything's sort of just 
they hit the peak and they don't know what's next. Yeah. Right. So there's all sorts of people who go through these motions. Mine happened to be that I needed to be very patient to finally have my breakthrough, but it was actually because the networks themselves haven't even had their own breakthrough moment yet. Hmm. And once Facebook had their breakthrough where everyone's like, what's Facebook? I started to finally benefit from that. So imagine let's use TikTok as an example. There you go. Boom. How many people are running TikTok ads? I'm pretty sure many people are not. Right. (laughs) The ones who are, they're seeing the potential. Maybe they're not quite making it work yet, but they see the potential because they've been through the ringer with AdWords and Facebook and Mm. Twitter. And and they see that when you're in a platform early, there's kinks that you got to work through. So they're practicing the craft, right? They're building things out. They're seeing what happens and they're being patient with the results. They know it's still buggy and they got to figure it out. But the ones who figure it out during this current state are only going to benefit more in two or three years, so long as the network still exists and that it improves. Right. Right. Because there's plenty of other networks that have come along in the last couple of years that you still don't hear about. You only hear about the core ones, right? Right. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn, Pinterest, you still hear about. Snapchat, eh, a little bit. Yeah. TikTok. And then you got things like search ads and shopping ads and right, those have all come along. But those are like the primary networks, right? Yeah. For years now. I think it's almost been like a decade. It's like almost all the same networks. Right. But then you got right. the new ones. Yeah. And then you got these new ones that come along, Snapchat and TikTok and Parlor and yeah. whatever. Clubhouse it just Club, Clubhouse, blowing up. Yeah. Right. But but here's the thing. They need money. Right. They need to run ads to make money. Mm-hmm. Or the subscription models, so, you know. Yep. There's, you know, uh, plenty of other networks around subscriptions have come out as well. Patreon was one of the bigger first ones with the micro model, and then you know you can hear about the jokes with OnlyFans and so on and so forth. But <laughs> right. yeah. the point is, they stuck with it and they kept going. Yep. So imagine if TikTok stays around and they do this for three or four more years, and you're trying to be the TikTok advertiser of all advertisers. It's going to take a while. Right. It's going to suck. You might have to do other things. But then all of a sudden, one day, everyone starts asking about TikTok ads, and you're the premier person to talk to. It's exactly what happened with me seven years later, <laughs> and all these people start asking about it. Right? Yeah. So let's roll into number three, the third P, persistence. Notice how they all go together. Mm-hmm. You practice everything. You're patient with the result, though you're working towards that result. Yep. And you're also incredibly persistent in getting to the result. Like You're just yes. so focused on that thing. Now, it doesn't mean you become obsessive right. on that goal. Some people's goals are money. Mm-hmm. So they're obsessed on making a million or five million or 10, and it could actually affect everything else going on in their life. What I'm talking about is the persistence in continuing to work towards the goal, yes. whether it's through micro steps. You know, I look at things on a daily, weekly, monthly, and quarterly and yearly result. So what steps am I taking today that could lead to what I want in a week? That yep. will lead to what I want in a month, to a quarter, into a year. Yep. And I actually reverse it. So I start yes. with a year and I work yes. back. I love it. That's what I, yeah, that's what I so always imagine. Do. You know, how do you stay persistent? If you can outline all the stuff you need to do to hit this number, or, you know, you want to buy a house and you need to make 600 grand, what do you right. have to do to make 600 grand in profit to pay off the house in a year? Exactly. What do you need to do to get this car? What do you have to do to, take three vacations in a year. Like there's all these things that you can reverse engineer. Yeah. Breaking it down to the, just the smallest tasks, smallest goals to, to build exactly. up to that big one. Yep. Exactly. So imagine that's the persistence side. Mm-hmm. It's, you've already been doing everything like you're supposed to. You're learning and you're, you're educating not only yourself, but maybe you even have a team 
yep. and what they need to do. And you're doing those actions to improve upon and evolve the process. You're constantly being patient because you're like, yeah, yeah sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't yep. You have a great month and you don't, but you're still patient. You're going through the, the, the rigor remote of like this whole thing, right? Just, it's like, it sucks. And then it doesn't, and then it's awesome. Yep. And yep. it's a part of the process, but the persistence is you keep going. You just keep going. You believe in yourself. I believe I'm the best. I'm gonna keep going. Right. That's, I always told myself I am the best at what I do. Period. I actually believed in that so long ago that it got to a point where someone finally said, I feel like you're the best at what you do. And then it's, <laughs> I'm like, Oh, Okay. Finally, yeah, I don't feel like it's not, and it's not being, it's not being conceited or anything like that. It's just believing in yourself. It's not like you're holding against somebody else or holding above their head. You're just believing in yourself, and that's what I think a lot of people struggle with. I think having that confidence and belief Mm -hmm. in themselves, and the persistence becomes a lot easier when you believe in yourself. Yes, especially when you truly feel you are the best at what you do, Mm -hmm. and you're not saying it out loud. Someone else is saying it for you. Yep. So the persistence becomes easy. It's the third P. It's it's like you're already down the line. You're just doing what you're doing anyway. Yeah. But remember, I told myself for years, I'm the best at what I do. At first, I was like, I'm too new for this to be the best. <laughs> but there wasn't any education out there either. It was all just you had to figure it out. Right. By the time courses came out, I was like, I was five, six years in. Like, there's nothing you could teach me that I didn't already see. But there were processes that I didn't quite figure out yet that some people were unraveling that I'm like, oh, this is going to help me really take things to the next level. And right. the more that I created my own process and my own you know, strategies and how I go about promoting webinars and getting phone calls and all these things, that's when it finally hit me where I had one day where I said, like, I truly am the best at what I do. And yep. then when someone came to me and said it, validation is gone. I don't need to say it anymore. It's there. Right. Someone yep. else already believes it. I don't have to say it anymore. And it's because like you're creating your own process like, and it's yours. And so you are the best at your process and how it, you do it. Yes, yeah, someone might do ads, but they might, they're doing it a little differently. And so they're the best at their process. No one can replicate the David Schloss way of doing it. Exactly. Yep. But I can't replicate someone else's process because it's theirs. Right. But that's the whole point is yep. that I stuck with it. And if you're able to stick with whatever it is that you're doing, if you're a realtor in an area that is heavily populated and you're the newbie and you're you could be 40 and be a newbie it doesn't matter the age i know people who started being a realtor later in life and they're like who's gonna trust me i'm like you don't understand you have experience in so many other things you may know how to talk better than the guy who's been a realtor since he was 22 Mm -hmm. and thinks he's the hot shot and all of a sudden they see you and they go oh man this guy looks like he's been a realtor for 30 years like it it, it, you just got to do what you got to do yep right be you be in that present moment Use your experience from other things towards whatever it is you're doing now, and you can fast track your way to success so long as you believe in yourself. And you have to continually work on your craft so that the results will catch up with you. So persistence, I actually find, is the hardest one. A lot of people can do research. A lot of people can launch ads in this example. A lot of people can continually be patient in achieving a result, but they're only patient so far. Right. They get to one year and they go, didn't work. Uh, yeah. yep. So you were great. You, you got the practice down perfect. Yep. You were persistent a bit because you kept going for a year, but your patience is gone. Like you yeah. just, you just, the whole thing died after a year and yep. you said, I'm done. So in reality, you messed up on the patience part. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of other examples. I know people who went in businesses for five, six years, 
they, they saw one bad thing happen and they bailed. And I'm like, wow, you were patient. You practiced a ton, but your level of persistence is completely gone. Like you just go. And because of that, you don't know if that next year, if you just gave it one more shot would have been your breakthrough. It's like the the story in Thinking Grow Rich, if you've read that by Napoleon yep. Hill, the three feet from gold. Yeah. Like digging, 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 and he just gave up. And yep. someone came in three feet later, found the gold. And uh, that's kind of like, and I see a lot of podcasting or people who are starting a business, like we've discussed, like they get so far and they're like, well, I'm six months in and I don't have a million viewers and subscribers and I'm not yep. Joe Rogan level and I'm not making millions a month thousands a month from a podcast well i guess it's not worth it and it's like oh only six months like come on now i don't think people realize joe rogan's a good example yeah the guy had been podcasting i think he's done it for like 12 or 13 years i think it's been a while yeah a long time the guy was a comedian for longer yeah oh yeah and comedians you know one of the things that he mentioned on one of his podcasts is that if you hadn't been a comedian for at least 10 years you actually hadn't even been a comedian (laughs) it's like 10 years was like their minimum yeah, considered one, and then obviously now in today's age, it's like you could have been one for three years and been popular on Instagram, and all of a sudden you're a comedian. Yeah. But what he was saying is that with podcasting, it's like he recorded like two or three hundred before something finally worked out, and then his first sponsor was an adult toy company. <laughs> you know, like all these things happen. Right. <laughs> but he goes, the podcast didn't really blow up until he had some of his most like infamous interviews, Alex Jones, and. Like Joey Diaz and like a lot of his comedian friends who like yeah. said a lot of things that were, you know, got a lot of attention because right. they really, you know, let's just call them. They were on the fence with certain yeah. parties or, yeah. but it got attention. So naturally his podcast grew and grew and the guy's done thousands now because he's done his oh, yeah. own podcast. He has the MMA one. He does one with his friends. Like the guy figured it out. Now he's worth, you know, nine figures. Yeah. Why? He was persistent. His practice got better as time went on because not yep. only did he evolve as a person, he became a business person. He had a yep. team. Like then that whole thing evolved and he was very, very patient because look how much money he's made 12 plus years later. Which right. you got to remember that podcast has been making tens of millions of dollars a year for like at least the last five, six years. And then Spotify comes <laughs> around and yeah. give you a hundred million bucks like <laughs> right. it, it, on top of that. Unbelievable. Yeah. So, Think about that. He went mm-hmm. six years with yeah. maybe okay money from it. Cause let's not forget he was making money with other stuff right? in the UFC. But then in the second set of six years, that's when the real money came in. Cause he stuck with it and he enjoyed yeah. it. He enjoyed it. Right. Yeah. So if I didn't enjoy ads. I would have quit in year three. Right. And I would have come back seven years later. And someone that I know would have been like, Hey man, you should have kept running ads. Cause I'm making millions of dollars now. And I would have hated myself. Yep. And so I just stuck with it. Now, could Facebook disappear tomorrow? Maybe. Yeah. Could Instagram disappear? Yeah. But here's the thing. I understand the foundation enough that I can move to another network and within six to 12 months, rebuild my whole business. Yeah. Right. I've done the work. I already know how to be patient and I can be very persistent because I've also built enough of a nest egg to keep my family in good in a good place so that if I had to do that and pivot, we're right. okay. That's what happens when you do the work. So, you know, if you're in a business now and you're like, all right, man, I'm three months in, I'm two years in, I haven't made a million bucks. Okay. I know people who've made six figures for 25 years and they're happy. They don't need a million bucks. There's too much advertising of people making a million dollars 
without understanding the numbers behind it. Yeah. That now how they got there. Yeah. How they got there. That now you think everyone just needs to make a million bucks. Mm-hmm. No, no, yeah. no. So make sure you follow your own path. Stop trying to follow everyone else's journey because yours is unique. Yep. And as long as you follow the three P's that I mentioned and yep. you consistently work on yourself, your craft, and you're patient and persistent, you're going to be fine. That's how business is. Yep. No, I love it. And the practice, patient, persistent. I mean, it's right on. Like, uh, even being in business myself for such a short time, like I didn't, I went into it not expecting anything except just to get beat up and beat down constantly. And just being able to have some results has like been phenomenal for me just from that perspective. Cause I've always here, you know, the first five years, you don't make like anything, blah, blah, blah. And so it's basically anything is good for me. And uh, so it's, it's interesting to hear people talk I'm like, well, I've been doing it a year and you know, it's just probably not worth. I'm like, dude, you like, Look, I'll be honest with you. The first six, six to seven years, let's just say the first six before that real breakout mm-hmm. around year seven into year eight, I went broke twice in the process mm. in the years that I made money in the first three years, I was below the poverty line. So that gives you an idea. Yeah. Year four, when I graduated, I went broke, of course, you know, and then two years, I was around 40,000 bucks profit. That's awesome. That's entry level job. Yep. Right. So think about that. First six years, I'm basically either poor. I am poor in terms <laughs> of the money. I am right. well not having any. Yeah. And then I make enough to have an entry level job. Yep. Oh, just people are so close. It's, and yeah. I, it's like, I just, Try to yeah, just continue to encourage like keep going one yeah, step at a time. Year seven, I went broke again because I was pushing it. Yeah, hiring people. I thought hire more people, get more clients. The more mm. clients part didn't happen. I just kept hiring more people. <laughs> so once I figured out the sales part after oh, yep. going a second time, then it all worked. Yeah, year eight was when everything went bam straight up like it was hockey stick growth. It was <laughs> because I finally figured out what people wanted. Yep. So 2014 was the first six figure year profit, by the That's way, awesome. it was six figure revenue year. It went straight to six figure profit. That's awesome. And then after that, it was like, what number do you want now? Do yeah. you want to go to 200? Do you want to go to 300? Cause once you understand how to get to a hundred profit, oh, yeah, it's like, how do I do this five X or 10 X more? Exactly. Is it adding more people? Is it adding more clients? Is it adding more offers? Is more it ads, more <laughs> ads? Is it yeah. higher pricing? Like you're just doing more of it. Mm-hmm. And so you got to think six years of like poverty line growth, seventh year broke again, eighth year, finally. Yep. And then after that, it's been, you know, it's been this, but it's like, I'm testing, yeah. growth, testing, yes. eh, yep. testing again, but it's incrementally up. Yep. Right? So you have to think that in order to get there, you're going to go through all the BS before the breakthrough happens. Cause like yep. my breakthrough wasn't like, like this, it was like this. It went straight up once it all worked. Once it clicked, and and in that time frame, like people have to understand, starting out, you have this idea of what you want to do, and between the time when you start and when that breakthrough happens, you're probably going to have some moments of like, oh, maybe I'm going to actually, I'm going to veer a little bit because yeah. this is where my path is, and and I'm more geared here. And then you kind of find your groove, where you're best fit for what you're created to do, and and then it's just kind of like, but it takes that time, that patience. Exactly. Exactly. So. Everyone has their moment where they finally have a $5,000 day or $10 yeah. a day. It happens. Yep. Trust me. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, this is great. 
and then it doesn't happen again for a long time. <laughs> yeah, you <can. laughs> you're like, you're like, why? Why does this keep happening? Yep. Look, I've never had a six-figure day. Never. Have I had a six-figure month? Yes. Have I had a, a, a six-figure week? No. So you can see, I've had a six-figure month. Never had a day or a week where I've made six figures. But have I had a lot of ten thousand dollar days? Yeah. But I've not had a $20,000 day and then a $10,000 day and then a $50,000 day the day after, like some of my friends have had. Yeah. I haven't had that, but that doesn't mean I haven't built something that I'm proud of. Right. It doesn't mean that I can't build two other businesses on top of my agency that all do similar numbers to hit a, you know, a million or 2 million or however much I want to make. Yep. Right? You can replicate your process into something else. And then that other thing may work better. Yep. So you have to think that, Remember, the skills you're learning can be applied elsewhere, whether you're a coach, consultant, an advertiser, whatever. Yep. What do you know now that could be applied elsewhere? Like I didn't start my second business until recently, and all I really did was use some of the principles that I've already done in my agency towards that other business. And then it was like, oh, this is easy. This thing <laughs> takes me three, four hours a week. Right. And I'm doing half of what I make in the agency where I'm working on it 40 hours a week. Right. Maybe I should put more attention on the other thing, right? But it took years of work to figure that part out. And now yep. it's like, okay, maybe I'm going to take some time away from the agency and work on this other thing because time-wise, it's better. Mm -hmm. But that's 13, 14 years of running ads. Yeah. So <laughs> right. how, do I, how do I apply this to other stuff? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's like, cause I hear a lot of people I look up to like Brendan Burchard, like Grant Cardone, people like this, like their story like, yeah, like 20 years ago, 30 years ago, like big pick, like it's, it's a journey. And that's what people want a sprint We're we're in such a, um, I want it now I can get it now mentality and society that a lot of people just, they, they don't understand it or have the, the ability to be patient. Well, patience is a, it's not something that's appreciated in my generation as a millennial. Yeah. And we all know the next generation doesn't understand what patience is anyway. <laughs> right. No because, offense to them, but yeah. But they've learned from us. Yep. Where it's like, hey, my patience is five years. And they're like, well, mine is five months. Like it, it doesn't exist. And so, you know, it, it's something that you either learn and adapt to, or you just simply have to go through the motions of feeling failure at an extreme rate. Yep. And, you know, I know a lot of people make fun of millennials, but it's like, I, I feel like I'm one of the, I'm the older millennial. I've been through my crap. I have figured it out. Right. And I'm not a young soul. I'm an older soul in a young person's body. Yep. Like I've, I've been through stuff that I have older individuals coming to me for consulting going, how did you do all this in business? I'm like, I'm 32. Like <laughs> you've been in business longer than me, but right. it, it's how I figured things out faster than that to, to them 14 years of doing this is nothing when they've been trying for 30 right and they're going how did you do it you see what yeah. i mean everyone has a different journey yep so if you're 22 24 18 and you're like i haven't made a million yet dude yeah relax you have time yeah i'm not repeating anything you haven't heard gary v tells every young person calm down yeah you can take all your risks now because yes. guess what? If you mess up, you can go live with mom and dad. And that's true. And if you yep. don't have people to live with, you got friends. And if yep. you don't have friends, make some, right? Yep. It's like you can take all your risks now. And that's what I did. I took all my risk. And then I got a girlfriend and I'm like, oh, got to be careful with the risk. Right. Right. And right. that girlfriend is now my wife, right? Yep. So you can see like things evolve. 
your level of understanding evolves, the way that you do things evolve. And the more you become more of an adult, let's be honest, you become more of an adult, a business person, a father, yeah. a brother, you, know, you name it. Yeah. The more you understand that, the easier business becomes because your responsibility level increases. If yes. The only thing you got to worry about is I got to give my parents some money because I'm paying some rent and uh, I don't have to cover half my phone bill because my parents pay the other half. You don't have responsibilities yet. So to you, business is a game. Mm. It's just a game. You're playing that box, man. You're just figuring it out. You're clicking some buttons and you made some money. Cool. But what happens when you got to pay for everything on your own or you yep. got a one-year-old and you have a wife or you got some family who need you? Like the level of motivation to actually achieve something is different than when you're just living by yourself right. or you just got out of college. It's different. Yep. That's why now good luck trying to strip everything away from me. It's not going to happen. I got a one-year-old and I got a wife and I got retired parents and I'm going to make sure everyone's taken care of. Good yep. luck. You could strip away my agency. I'll rebuild it. That's how much I believe in myself, right? That's awesome. Nothing will stop me from providing for that. So that does not come from a 24 year old unless they've been <laughs> right. through that at a much faster rate. Yep. It's the same thing in business. There are people who've been through 20 times more than me at the age of 25. And there's people who haven't even been close to what I've done. And they're 58. You know what right. I mean? It's, yeah. it's going it's to vary. Yeah. It's, so, it's like the yeah. comparison to the thief, thief of joy. Like everyone's story is different. We're at different yes. chapters. So we can't compare ourselves to someone else because you don't know their story. Exactly. Uh, and, and so I think that's the kind of a beautiful thing to look at with that. Um, I love it. I think, yeah, I think these are just simple fundamentals in a sense that like they're that kind of obvious, but people sometimes just don't understand the three P's of longevity and business. So I, I appreciate you sharing the practice, patient and persistence. Um, I, I like asking my guests this question. The fifth trait of pencil leadership is that we are all created uniquely with a purpose to leave a positive mark on the world. And so when everything is said and done for you here on earth, what do you hope your mark is? That I impacted over 100,000 people to start a business and be financially educated to provide for their family of the future. Awesome. That's it. I love it. But you're on your way. You're doing it. So It's happening. Yep. Nothing's going to stop me from making it happen. Absolutely. So. Yeah, no, I love that. I've already helped a couple hundred people. There you go. <laughs> Had a way to go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to keep with it. Sky's the limit. So, David, well, I appreciate being on. Uh, where can people find you or connect with you to see what you're up to? If you want to learn it, clicksconversionsclients.com. If you want to have things done for you, you can just email me direct, david at convertroi.com. Awesome. Yeah, guys, get connected with him. Check out what he's doing and uh, start that journey um, using ads. But again, David, thank you so much for being on Pencil Leadership today. Absolutely. Not a problem. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope it brought you value. If it did, leave a rating and review on whatever platform you listen to your podcast. This actually helps us get this in front of more people so we can leave a bigger mark and then share this with someone, someone that it could bring value to so you can make a difference in their life as well. Now let's go out and be pencil leaders.